Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Thursday, December 15th, and we start with local news. Farmer Sam Kennedy III patiently surveyed the vast field where hundreds of sheep grazed peacefully at Kettle Mills Farm, the land tended by his family ancestors for 210 years in the Hampshire community in Murray County. Each day, Kennedy drives his red pickup or ATV across 800-plus acres to ensure the animals are fed and all is well. During his daily drive, he often stops at the family cemetery, where generations are laid to rest on a grassy knoll that catches every sunset and sunrise. The cemetery is located past the Duck River, which borders the property, a symbol of constant, steady motion throughout the changing generations on the farm. If you give to the land, it will give back to you, he said. His six-year-old son, Sam Kennedy IV, one of his three children, trudges through the grass, climbing in and out of his father's pickup, enjoying the amenities that growing up on a farm brings, climbing headstones in the family cemetery or hiding behind them, hanging on fences, leaping over tall grass, and petting plenty of sheep with a guard dog at his ankles. Those are the experiences Kennedy is proud to pass down to his children, much like his own experiences growing up visiting the farm when his grandfather and his namesake, Sam Kennedy Jr., owned it. Fresh air, starry nights, and the girl across the street are just some of the memories that living close to the farm emblazoned upon Kennedy's heart as a child. After graduating from the United States Naval Academy and serving in the Navy and the Naval Reserve around the world from Europe to Africa and many places in between, he found his way back to the farm in 2010 with a mission of carrying on the family legacy, preserving his family's land in southern Middle Tennessee. How can children build their imaginations if they don't have the stars to look at each night? Kennedy said, I grew up with a love for nature and the land. That's part of our family culture, something that has always been a part of me, he said. Kennedy represents 95% of farmers in Tennessee who own family farms, land that many families are trying to preserve and make profitable amid inflation and rising production costs, while farmland dwindles in high-growth areas in Tennessee, like Murray County. Tennessee loses approximately 60,000 acres of land every year, farmland every year, according to the Tennessee Department of Agriculture. In Murray County, farmland decreased by 6% between 2012 and 2017, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture. This has always been a dream that I think my father and grandfather have instilled in me, I think, Kennedy said. I heard my grandfather tell tales, and I watched them on Kettle Mills my whole life. We never thought we'd be able to sustain the land as a living. His fondest memories are being able to run wild on the open land, building dams in the creek, building forts, and later learn meaningful work each summer in high school and college. When his family sold most of their land to a neighbor, the Morrow family, Kennedy was able to buy much of it back for the purpose of raising sheep and cattle to sell its meat to area stores such as Whole Foods. A highlight for the Kennedy family this year is when Kettle Mills Farm was named in April as the Century Farm of the Year by the Murray County Chamber and Economic Alliance. The criteria of the designation is for a farm to be in the same family lineage and in consistent agricultural operation for at least 100 years. There are currently more than 2,100 Century Farms in Tennessee, with 19 certified Century Farms in Murray County, according to the Center for Historic Preservation at Middle Tennessee State University. Spread throughout Murray County, over 1,500 farms are in operation, according to the USDA. 
Kennedy said the odds of he and his wife Rachel being able to run the family farm is incredible. He admits that farming is for profit is a difficult task, especially finding new ways to keep the farm prosperous for decades to come. But through innovative farming techniques, much study, trial and error, and experience gained, Kennedy, an avid reader and researcher of new agricultural methods, has found some new ways to approach raising his primary product, sheep and cattle. Radonna Rose, executive vice president of the Tennessee Farm Bureau Federation and keynote speaker at the Murray Alliance Farm City Breakfast, shared that farmland in the U.S. has been shrinking for the past 20 years. Land loss has become prevalent as more and more residential and commercial development reaches high-growth areas. The fastest-growing land and land use in America is urban development, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture. In the 20 years between 1997 and 2017, the U.S. lost 54 million acres of farmland, which is approximately the size of Minnesota, Rose said. You don't have to drive far out to see that land once used for corn, wheat, and pasture for cattle has been developed. We have lost that land forever to homes, said Daryl Ailshee, agent for Agriculture and Natural Resources for the University of Tennessee Agricultural Extension Campus in Murray County. Murray County is made up of approximately 227,179 acres of farmland, which is 57.9% of its land mass, according to a 2017 data. In Murray County, we have seen a tremendous amount of growth, and there is pressure on families to leave the production side and look at other uses for the farmland. It's economics. It's hard to pencil out a profit for farming, she said. Kara Williams, director of Murray County Chamber of Commerce, who heads the Chamber's Century Farm Program, said maintaining a family farm over generations is not for the faint of heart. The organization has been honoring farmers through the Century Farm of the Year Award for over 25 years. It's a hard business. Prices and the cost of maintaining workers, like everything else, goes up year after year, Williams said. I have found that with most of our honorees, they want to be the best stewards of the land as possible, give back to their neighbors, and improve the community. I consider farmers to be the first environmentalists, she said. Ailshie explained that many family farms add agritourism to its operations in addition to or in lieu of traditional farm operations by providing the public with an experience through the fresh and local movement. In order to keep the family farm together, families are getting creative by producing revenue through agritourism, from Airbnbs to drawing people to the land for an experience, whether it's a hayride, a picnic, educational programming, shopping, or being with the animals. They can see the cows in the pasture and meet the farmer who raises them. They can see where their food comes from and connect with the land, he said. Kennedy has joined the agritourism movement by providing an Airbnb on the property where visitors can experience waking up on a farm with wide-open spaces to roam. He has also implemented new and innovative ways to make the farm production side of the business profitable, such as using the method of planned rotational grazing in raising his sheep and cattle, which eliminates the need to purchase feed like hay, thus reducing off-farm inputs. Planned rotational grazing allows kettle mill sheep and cattle to rotate grazing spots on the land, promoting vegetation to grow back naturally on each plat as the herd changes locations. It mimics how the animals would really graze in the wild, how herbivores behave in a grassland environment. Once the vegetation is gone, they move to the next location to find more abundant food and to stave off predators, Kennedy said. It could take up to six months or more for vegetation to grow back on a certain plot of land, Kennedy said, but in the meantime, the animals are happily grazing on other parts of the property. 
The method keeps costs low and makes the farm less susceptible to inflation, Kennedy said, which is key in sustaining profitable production. After serving in the U.S. Naval Reserve, Kennedy's dream was to return to the family farm. The quality of the farmland defines the quality of life in a community, Kennedy said. Clean air and water and the space to live and breathe depends on the agricultural community. He followed in his grandfather's footsteps in many ways, such as embracing farm life and marrying the girl across the street. Grandfather Sam Kennedy Jr. married a Finney, whose family also owned land in Hampshire. The couple went on to operate the combined farms as well as serve as owners and publishers of the Columbia Daily Herald newspaper until the 1990s. Their son, Del Kennedy, Sam Kennedy III's father, who spent most of his life working as a lawyer, is now carrying on the family's dual legacy in media as owner and host of this radio station. When Sam Kennedy III returned from the Naval Reserve, he married Rachel Vest, the daughter of cattle farmers next door, much like his grandfather's matrimonial path. We grew up together. It's a story as old as time, he said. The couple operates the farm together. While Sam herds sheep, Rachel might be feeding the new lambs by bottle, he said. Being a farmer is one of the only professions that brings you closer to God, the creation, and the creator, Kennedy said. There's a spiritual aspect of being a part of the creation daily, he said, in which sunsets, green grass, and blue skies are a daily enjoyment that never get old. The Kettle Mills Farm of the Anderson, Delk, and Kennedy family began in 1810 when Richard Kettle Dick Anderson, born in 1777 in North Carolina, purchased 2,000 acres in Hampshire along the Duck River, which would lead to almost eight generations of farmers. In 1882, Richard Anderson Kennedy, the grandson of farm patriarch Richard Anderson, built the first successful dam across the Duck River and a mill on the West Bank. The mill operated from 1882 to 1956 and was vital to the prosperity of the families in and around Hampshire, leading to the development of two general stores, a family dentist, a post office, and other businesses. That's where it all started, Kennedy said. Pre-World War II, this was a thriving community that is gone now. Now Kennedy and his wife own about 870 acres of the original land. There's a way to don't mess it up, Kennedy said. I feel like there are dead ancestors pulling strings for us because of the odds of us being able to do this. In 100 years, we will wish we had more farms, not subdivisions, and I want to preserve Murray County and fight to keep Murray County as beautiful today as it was for the last 100 years. The Tennessee Department of Education has announced over $800,000 in grant funding which has been awarded to 34 districts for science, technology, engineering, and math, or STEM education, Middle Tennessee Career and Technical Education, or CTE, and high school, school-based enterprise projects. Funding is provided through Governor Lee's Future Workforce Initiative, which boosts access to CTE, STEM, and work-based learning, or WBL, in the classroom. For the past two years, the department awarded startup and expansion funding for middle school STEM and CTE programs, and included a high school opportunity to qualify for school-based enterprise funding to increase enrollment in WBL courses. Middle school STEM startup and expansion grants have been awarded to 52 schools, and middle school CTE startup and expansion grants have been awarded to 29 schools. Seven schools will receive high school school-based enterprise grant funding. Among this year's recipients was Murray County Middle Schools, who have been awarded $10,000. Tennessee continues to provide more pathways to help students transition from middle to high school, and these grants help ensure students have increased access to high-quality work-based learning opportunities, STEM, and career technical education, said Education Commissioner Penny Schwinn. 
We're thrilled that we can make these opportunities happen over the last two years and help students be successful during high school and into their post-secondary and workforce careers, she said. For the past four years, the middle school STEM startup and expansion grants have directly supported the goal of the Future Workforce Initiative to add an additional 100 new middle school STEM programs by 2022. High school school school-based enterprise grants support the FWI by helping to eliminate barriers for students who can't participate in off-campus WBL placements due to transportation and scheduling challenges. After four years of serving Columbia citizens with its unique mix of Laotian, Thai, and Vietnamese cuisine, Juan D's restaurant will be closing its doors. The downtown restaurant announced earlier this month its plans to close and will celebrate its customers one final time on Friday, December 23rd. In a lengthy post on social media, Juan D's owners Udum and Cheryl Sycantha called the decision to close bittersweet, but it's the right time for a refocus, they said. And much like the restaurant's decision to open in 2018, including its namesake, the Sycantha's choice to close came down to one thing, and one thing only, doing what is best for the family. As most of you know, we lost our grandson last year, and the grief from that has carried into our everyday lives. Their social media post read, We are learning to adjust our time, and nothing is more precious than time spent with ones we love, even if that means having to give up something we love to do, they wrote. The Sycanthas have been longtime Murray County residents, operating a successful tile and flooring business. Yet, they always shared the dream of opening a restaurant, a place where Udom can share recipes from his heritage, passed down from his grandmother, whom the restaurant gets its name. The concept began with Udom's desire to bring Laotian food to Colombia, but also brought a culinary emphasis on Thai and Vietnamese cuisine. We wanted to bring Laos food into Colombia, which really is basically street food, but we wanted to put it in this place where it's more inviting and more suitable for Western culture, Udom Sakantha said in a previous interview. The South Main Street location, however, will not remain empty and will soon feature a popular Franklin staple, McCreary's Irish Pub. Anyone who has been to the Franklin location can vouch we are in for a treat, the Sycantha said, and rest assured you will receive the same top-notch service because the familiar faces you've grown to know and love at Wandy's will remain on site at McCreary's. Juan D is known for its cozy, casual downstairs seating area, as well as its upscale speakeasy-style piano bar upstairs, with live music that has become a staple for many in Murray County. On any given day, politicians, judges, and county leaders can be seen taking advantage of the daily $10 lunch combos with such a convenient location, a short jaunt from the historic Columbia Courthouse. Customer favorites include the restaurant's authentic appetizers such as spring rolls, pot stickers, and main courses such as pad thai, stir-fry, and assorted curry dishes. Again, you have just over a week to enjoy Juan D's one last time. The Miracle League of Columbia hosted their Music and Miracles event last week at the Mule House with special musical guests Rory Feek and Runaway June. Quickly, Miracle League of Columbia has become one of the most supported causes in the county, something board chair Julie Beck is proud to proclaim. We have raised the most money in the least amount of time than any other Miracle League in the nation. It's really unbelievable, she said. Initially, we reached out to the community, but now people are reaching out to us to ask how they can be involved. That's also how the concert came to be, simply wanting to support this cause. Rory Feek has supported us from the very beginning. He has done everything. Anything we've asked him since we started. He's so generous and kind, he really believes in this project, Beck said. 
Columbia native and Runaway June member Natalie Stovall has been supportive from the beginning as well, singing the national anthem at the park's launch party. That's where this plan was hatched. Runaway June is comprised of Stovall, Jennifer Wayne, and Stevie Woodward. They have toured with Carrie Underwood and Luke Bryan and have seen success with songs such as Buy My Own Drinks and their most recent release, Broken Hearts. Billboard described the band as the next hot trend in country music. So for them to lend their celebrity to the Miracle League is just another testament to how important this is to the community of Columbia and all of Murray County. Stovall told us she wanted to do a show and make it all about Miracle League, and we were able to make that happen, Beck said. They were so generous to give their time and talents to us. Stovall joins another native Columbia celebrity, Dan Ugla, in supporting the project. During a launch party in 2021, the group announced the cost of the facility, which includes a rubber-playing surface baseball field and playing equipment, to be built on the site of the Babe Ruth Field at Murray County Park. would cost about $1.4 million. Ugla announced he would be donating $250,000 to the project. Coming back to where it all started, looking at the place where I played Babe Ruth, this place where I've come to a million times, it brings back so many memories, Ugla said. My brother and I have been looking for something to do to start to give back to this community. We couldn't think of a better opportunity or organization to get involved with than this. We're so excited to get everything going, he said. Of the $1.4 million needed, $1.1 million has been raised before the concert was even held. Final numbers from the event are not have not been released as yet. The King's Daughter School and Heritage Bank and Trust ask for your help to make a few Christmas wishes come true for some of the community's children in need. Pick up a wish letter from Santa's mailbox at Columbia and Mount Pleasant Heritage Bank and Trust branches. These letters are from disadvantaged King's Daughter students who will be spending Christmas on campus. Students have written down their Christmas wishes and letters to Santa. The letters have been delivered to Heritage Bank and Trust and can be picked up now and must be returned by today, December 15th. Santa's mailbox should be easy to spot when you walk into a Heritage Bank and Trust lobby. Each letter contains one Christmas wish item for a student. We are so grateful to Heritage Bank and Trust for their support of our Santa's mailbox program. Many of our students cannot go home for the holidays, so the contributions of the bank, their customers, and our entire community make their Christmas wishes come true, shared King's Daughter School Executive Director Shauna Pounders. Once gifts are returned, they will be wrapped by King's Daughter staff members and placed in Santa's bag ready for delivery on Christmas Eve. The school and bank members thank you ahead of time for helping make Christmas special for each and every child at King's Daughter School. Heritage Bank and Trust has adopted hosting duties this year as a valued partner to King's Daughter School throughout its history. We are thrilled to have the opportunity to be the new host for the local holiday program for King's Daughter School, said Jim Robinson, president and CEO of Heritage Bank and Trust. We are honored to partner with them to continue to support the residents of one of Murray County's best-kept secrets, he said. Santa's mailboxes are located in two Murray County Heritage Bank and Trust lobbies, the first at 217 South James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia, the second at 109 South Main Street in Mount Pleasant. The King's Daughter School is a nonprofit residential school that has provided academic, vocational, and life skills training to students with developmental disabilities for over 60 years. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather today, we will have partly cloudy skies with a high of 47 degrees. Winds will be out of the west-southwest at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, we can expect mainly clear skies and a low 
of 29 degrees. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer. And why Matt and Susie Sowell believe the way to honor tradition is with especially personal service. We believe your traditions, your customs, your rites of passage are very important. But we also believe in taking care of your personal wishes as well. At Oaks and Nichols, we try to do more than just the expected things. So the service you receive honors your heritage and is uniquely yours. And we invite you to experience the difference. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors. 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Serving Murray County for 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has provided the highest quality jewelry at the very best prices. They work hard to make their customers happy, and it's paid off. Their customers keep going back. Quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. We offer jewelry loans up to $4,500, and we will buy your gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still the same. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hello, friends. This is Brian King from Tennessee Children's Home. Thank you seems appropriate for this time of year. At Tennessee Children's Home, we have even more to be thankful for this year. We have a new campus and have moved in. We've been overwhelmed by the support you have given us 
to the move to the new campus. Please continue to support us as we try to pay off this debt. Please go to our website, TennesseeChildrensHome.org, for more information. This is Brian King from Tennessee Children's Home. Throughout the country, buried pipelines are indicated by a pipeline right-of-way. A long, wide stretch of grass cleared of trees and marked with signs. If you have a right-of-way near your home, do not plant anything in it or dig in it. Do not install a fence or build your kids a super cool fort without first getting the pipeline operator's approval. For more on pipeline safety, visit pipesafety.org. A message from the Tennessee Gas Association, Tennessee Association of Broadcasters, and this station. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. Tennessee Republicans favor Florida Governor Ron DeSantis over former President Donald Trump in the 2024 GOP primary, according to a new Vanderbilt University poll that showed support for Trump has declined over the past year. The statewide poll is co-directed by Vanderbilt University Dean and political science professor John Gere and Professor Josh Clinton. The poll, conducted at regular intervals, surveyed 1,180 registered Tennessee voters in November. It was a margin of, has a margin of error of plus or minus 3.4 percentage points. DeSantis outpaced Trump with 54% favorability to 41%, mirroring national trends that show roughly two-thirds of Republicans favor the Florida governor over the former president. The poll found 36% of surveyed voters wanted Trump to run again, down 8 percentage points from December of 2021. President Joe Biden remains unpopular in the state, with only 22% of respondents indicating they would like to see the president run for re-election. The Vanderbilt poll also probed divides within the GOP, with 34% of polled Republicans agreeing they are more of a supporter of the Make America Great Again, or MAGA movement, than they are of the Republican Party. Among respondents who identified as MAGA supporters, 88% want Trump to run again, versus 50% of respondents who identified as non-MAGA supporters. Trump's support has waned, but there's still a clear path for Trump to win the nomination, Gear said. The difference between MAGA Republicans and non-MAGA Republicans also pose a problem for Republicans as they try to govern over the next two years, he said. The Vanderbilt poll also tracks shifting trends in abortion policy, with more respondents identifying as definitely pro-choice than pro-life overall. The poll found 36% of respondents identifying as definitely pro-life, down from 46% in 2012, while definitely pro-choice respondents rose 15 percentage points over the last decade to 37% this year. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff, or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. 
Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. Five Murray County students were among 450 members of the Belmont Oratorio and Orchestra who recently performed in Belmont School of Music professor James Ames's masterwork, Requiem for Color. Summer Roberts of Columbia, Isabella Melius of Spring Hill, Faith Middleton of Columbia, Cameron Terry of Columbia, and Boger Gibson of Columbia joined students from Belmont's Oratorio and Orchestra... Excuse me, and performed to an audience of more than 1,200 people in the Fisher Center for Performing Arts. Requiem for Color was a dynamic storytelling event which paid musical homage to the sufferers and saviors, the casualties and champions of black American peoples in a requiem or mass for the dead. The premier musical event was an unforgettable experience for all present, from listening in theater seats to singing to performing under the theater lights. What was meant to be a one-night-only performance is starting to grow legs with conversations about additional performances nationally and internationally. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM WKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.